0: The book begins with dreams, dreams from France, Italy, America, from the world, in fact. Kenneth Walensky writes, Victor Hugo once said, there's nothing like a dream to create the future. Indeed, dreamers and visionaries have shaped the American story from Valley Forge to humankind's first lunar footprints on the Sea of Tranquility in 1969 to the present day. Dreamers have been many and widespread. They've come from all walks of life. In much of the popular historiography of the United States, entrepreneurs, industrialists, politicians, and other shapers of the public realm and champions of various causes have headed the list of dreamers and visionaries. Social scientists and historians have credited such individuals with certain unique characteristics such as genius, perseverance, and risk-taking. Success, then defined as the acquisition of material possessions, various forms of wealth and power were viewed as a just reward for hard work, dedication, and discipline. In more recent times, historians have recognized that among the dreamers and visionaries have been ordinary people who contributed their labor to the American industrial order of the 19th and 20th centuries. In many instances, such people uprooted their lives in distant lands, giving up the familiar to search for freedom from subjugation in its various forms. Though their experiences may have come to light only as a result of new ways of looking at history, their accounts tell of another side of the American, and indeed, the human story. And story will be a key word for us. In fighting for the union label, the women's garment industry and the ILGWU in Pennsylvania, Kenneth Walensky with Nicole Walensky and Robert Walensky tell the story of people who shared a vision of a better way and the labor organization to which they belonged. Many were immigrants or the children of immigrants who were part of the changing industrial landscape in a place where U.S. industrialization could trace its roots. Pennsylvania's mountainous anthracite, or hard coal fields. These were people who cut, sewed, stitched, and pressed great swaths of fabrics into clothing for a growing consumer market. They were garment workers. Most were women. The organization to which they paid their allegiance was the International Ladies' Garment Workers' Union, ILGWU. The dreams and hardships faced by workers in the anthracite coal region are made real, given flesh and blood, in a documentary titled A Shop on Every Corner, Memories of the Garment Industry by filmmaker Maureen McGuigan. There will be a special screening and discussion of the film this Wednesday evening, September 21st, with historian Dr. Ken Walensky and filmmaker Maureen McGuigan as part of Scranton's story Our Nation's Story, made possible through a grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities. Maureen McGuigan, who is also Deputy Director of Arts and Culture for Lackawanna County, stopped in
1: to talk with us about the project and her interest in filmmaking. I've just loved all different kinds of art forms. I don't think I've ever stuck in one. I love poetry. That was my first love and and what an experience to be able to come down here and, and have it recorded. And I think that got me into that performative element. And so, you know, when I came back here about 20 years ago now, I actually got a little more into doing film and shows. I had a show on public access about some of the redevelopment that was going on in Scranton called Living in the City. And then I was researching some other projects that started telling the story about garment workers and other people who had been in unions for the University of Scranton. But collecting some of those stories I really wanted the people to be seen on film because they're the real heroes. And these were people who might not have gotten to tell their story before. So I thought it was really important to capture a film, a documentary element of that. And then I I really just liked the genre. So I I actually went on to make one about mountain biking and then do some shorter elements. So now I'm really interested now that the world has shifted in, in those sort of shorter types of videos. But the documentary experience... Was wonderful and taught me a lot, and uh, the skills I picked up. and And at the heart of it, I think just interviewing people, as you would know, is a gift, and it's it's such an experience that there's nothing else like it. You you get these people are sharing their stories, and and you're capturing them. What is the focus then? It is on people who worked in the garment industry, the textile and garment industry. We hear a lot about coal, which is wonderful, but that's the other story when the mines went down. It was these factories that really saved our area, and, and uh, mostly women that worked in them. Men, of course, too. But So there was a shop on every corner, which is the title of the documentary, Memories of the Garmin Industry, because all over northeastern PA, that's how a lot of families survived. And there were many great factories, good people running factories, but there were also some that did have some labor issues. So... It did give rise to a very strong union, the ILGWU, the International Ladies Garment Workers Union. So a lot of stories were centered around that as well. Did you begin
0: with the oral histories, the people who had given you the oral histories, and did you go back to them?
1: Yes, that's an excellent question. So the original play also featured a nursing union and garment and some other people who had helped out with the labor industry. So I did use some of those contacts but it was a lot of fun kind of detective work because somebody would recommend somebody else. You should talk to this person. And then, you know, reading about people. And then I have to give a big shout out to Dr. Kenneth C. Wolinsky, who's going to be speaking on Wednesday with me because he wrote the book, Fighting for the Union Label, which became my kind of uh, Bible to really get a sense of the industry. And of course, he had contacts. so. That was the the fun part in a way, relationship building and and getting recommendations. So I I did have quite a big list and that was the hard part. I mean, this kind of project could go on for decades because there's so many stories out there. And hopefully through this dialogue on Wednesday, we want to encourage continued dialogue about people who worked in the industry and, and also labor now. You know, I think a big part of this is connecting our story with our story now.
0: Are there facilities still standing that were factories, garment
1: factories? Not really. Uh, That's what was hard. Uh, There is one factory that had since closed that's in the documentary. It was very hard to find working factories, and that's kind of the story the film does touch into. It's not called NAFTA anymore. It's the U.S.-Mexico-Canadian Trade Agreement. But, you know, when we opened up free trade and a lot of factories went overseas, that I hate to use this phrase it was sort of like the nail in the coffin nationally there are still some factories around and there, there's smaller factories I think that often work on specialized clothing maybe very large or small sizes or they repair things that have come back on a positive note though I think since the documentary was made in 2008 you know the world has changed a lot since then and One of the big issues I think that is coming up now is environmental and sustainable fashion versus what we call fast fashion that, you know, the fashion industry is often not good for the environment. So I think there's a movement now of small designers sewing and making things local. And I think people are more open to paying more for that. I mean, that's always been the issue, of course, the economics of running a factory, but also the consumer buying clothes. But I I see that as a positive movement, that there is this interest in supporting local and being smaller with sustainability as a mission. So I just wanted to mention that because I think that is a shift we're seeing. And that
0: would be part of the conversation when you have the screening now,
1: Yes, so when we show the documentary, it's about an hour afterwards, Ken and I will talk because part of this, I should say, this is funded through a really wonderful grant that the National Endowment for the Humanities gave to the University of Scranton. There's a lot of partners on it, including WVIA, Center for the Living City. There's just Scranton Library. So it's Scranton's story, our nation's story. So it's telling the story of the nation because we're going to be 250 years old, but through a local lens. So that the issues that we face are also reflective of the larger issues and and telling those different stories. So one of the goals of the grant, though, is to say this isn't just history. History lives on with us. So some of those things that happened during that industrial revolution and up and through the 20th century are connected to what's happening now. So, yes, environmental uh, labor unions are having a moment, which is interesting. They are up seventy-one uh, percent since nineteen sixty-five, which is very interesting because there are still labor issues in some of corporations. People are still feeling some of the same things. I mean, the world has gotten better, but there's still there's still issues. So it's interesting to see people coming together, and and the gig economy is new. So that's a lot of dialogue. Is is people who independently work but aren't considered employees. So I'm not here to argue either side, but I do do think it's very interesting that what can we learn from maybe what the ILGWU um, strikers were going through in unions. Because beyond just pushing for fair labor and good working environments, they did a lot of community work too. When we read Ken's book, we can see they had mobile health units. They were always educating their employees. They did fun things. They, they actually did a lot of musicals and a lot of singing and, you know, picnics. and But again, really supporting the community and trying to uplift people. So I think that's interesting, too, as we are thinking more about equity and social justice issues now.
0: Was Min Matheson part of your documentary? She was Wyoming Valley, but did she have an impact? In oh, Black yes. When I,
1: when I did the documentary... In 2008, we did the region. So Min, I had never heard of her, but she should actually have a a Hollywood movie made about her. (laughs) She was a huge labor organizer in the Wyoming Valley, but she stretched a lot of places. She went up against organized crime. That woman was not afraid of anything, and she was a real leader. She made people believe in themselves, I think. That's another thing I learned and saw, especially through Min's eyes, was empowering people. She was quite a force, so she definitely is in there. There definitely is a min section as well as in Ken's book, Fighting for the Union Label. So even though this project that we receive funding for is focused on Scranton, it, it is really a larger story, I would say, of our, our whole region.
0: And what about the skill level? I was fortunate enough to know women who worked in factories in the Wyoming Valley who were so skilled, so talented, that they could work with a sewing machine freehand and create a pattern that was exceptional.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's one of my favorite parts in the documentary, is hearing the people, women, but also men, to talk about their specialties and I think women is interesting because they probably did learn those, you know, they had those skills just back then, you know, working at home. But it translated into what we might think of as more industrial, but you need a lot of skill to make those by hand on a machine. I can't even imagine. So usually people had specialties so like this one woman, Pearl, talks about being a ruffle maker on dresses. So it's really interesting because each of those had a kind of creativity and they were using that, that skill. And they talk very proudly about how well their products were made, that sometimes we do see, and this is not to put down overseas, people have to make a living all over the world, but sometimes when things are made cheap and fast, they might come back with errors. So there's a kind of pride in that the work that was done here was of high quality.
0: So you're inviting us to see this documentary, and then you and Ken will be there, and everyone will talk about all the things that you're just raising for us here.
1: Oh, yes. I do not consider myself an expert. So I certainly want I think we'll have a lot of people who have maybe memories of their own of that industry or who want to talk about some of the more modern day social issues and how it connects. So, yes, the screening is seven to eight, about an hour. And then afterwards, I have a few questions to ask Dr. Walensky, but it really should be a community discussion from about 8 to 8.30, which is nowhere near enough time. But again, it may, it may get the dialogue started, and it could continue. And hopefully, we'll see other projects about this. Do you have a website for it? Oh, absolutely. And I love the themes in this project. So this is industry. But I mentioned a couple partners, but also you know, Black Scranton is doing a lot on the African-American community that was here. We're also going to be exploring an indigenous theme immigrant theme. So if you want to see all of these, you can go to scranton.edu slash scranton story. But also if you just type scranton story into Google, it does come up. They have a really great website dedicated to this. We're also collecting people's stories, which is nice. So our goal is to do more oral histories, which I think is great of different demographics. So there's information on these different aspects of the project on that website as well. Filmmaker, poet
0: Maureen McGuigan, who is also Deputy Director of Arts and Culture for Lackawanna County, speaking about her documentary titled A Shop on Every Corner, Memories of the Garment Industry, that will have a special screening with a discussion this Wednesday evening, September 21st at 7, with historian Dr. Kenneth wolensky and it will take place at the Ritz Theatre and Performing Arts Centre, 222. Wyoming Avenue in Scranton. For more information on the web, scranton.edu slash story, And that's to see the film that Maureen McGwigan just spoke with us about, A Shop on Every Corner, Memories of the Garment Industry. There will be a film screening and a discussion with Maureen and Dr. Walensky, and that will be this Wednesday evening at 7, September 21st and it will take place at the Ritz Theatre and Performing Arts Centre at 7222 Wyoming Avenue in Scranton. Scranton.edu slash Scranton Story. Part of the initiative undertaken by the University of Scranton and its partners titled Scranton's Story, Our Nation's Story, made possible through a grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities.